Welcome to Tea for Two Dominance. I am Miss Sugar Spice and this is my delicious friend, Exacting One. We are two curvaceous, lusty dominants who live the BDSM lifestyle 24-7. We are active in the Melbourne BDSM and alternative lifestyle scene. We welcome you to a very kinky conversation. So make yourself a cup of tea and enjoy. Warning, this podcast discusses adult concepts and ideas and is intended for 18 plus listeners. If you are under 18, go away. Now. Hello, boys, girls, and others, and welcome to another episode of Tea for Two Dominas. I am one of your hosts, Exacting One, and this is my beautiful podcast partner, Miss Sugar Spice. Hello, everybody. And today we are talking to you about the differences in dynamics. And I kind of feel like we want to just start off with a few names here and expand from there. So those dynamics, as as we divide them, and, and really, seriously, guys, you're welcome to write us anytime, but please don't tell us how many more dynamics there are than this. We know. We're just trying to, like, get a starting place. Yes. And we're going to fit this into a 30-minute podcast. So true. So we've got tops and bottoms. Mm-hmm. We've got dominance and submissives. Yes. And we have masters and slaves. Yes. And yes, I know there are a million permutations thereof, mm. which means that we can only talk about what we ourselves are engaged in or have been engaged in at some point. Absolutely. So, yes, uh, please, by all means, write us, write us and tell us about your deal. But we're only talking about our deal right now. That's right. And I do have a few more down. And that is uh, play partners, mm. sexual or not sexual. Yeah. There's 24-7 or there's occasional or casual play. Mm-hmm. And then there is, did you say top and bottom? I did. Mm-hmm. You said top and bottom. And live in and live out. Yep. So some, you know, we're, we've both got different dynamics going on. I mean, I think everybody knows that I have a 24-7 live in power exchange dynamic with a submissive. And, but I also have casual play with play partners, not so much like one-off plays, but rather, you know, semi-regular plays with people in the public arena. Now that play is for me, non-sexual and I'm very um, strict about that. It's not ever going to become a sexual relationship. It is a non-sexual BDSM play and that more so complements my 24-7 live-in dynamic rather than complicates it, which is the way I like it. I don't like complicated. Yeah, about that. I am am relinquishing all complications from my life right now. That's a good idea. People can either get with it or get moving. Look, I 100% agree with that. And and in terms of dynamics, I've currently got um, an advertisement or I have an advertisement for a play partner. My advertisement is very specific about being a masochist. Doesn't matter, you know, what gender or genre they come to me in, but must be a masochist and must be prepared to be able to play in public. And I shit you not, I have had probably more than 65 applicants and it's taking me a long time to read them and respond to them. So 
if you're listening to this and you've actually responded to my ad, I'm not ignoring you. It's just taking me a long time to do it because I also work full time and have a life. However, there was probably about 20 that got vetoed in the first sentence where they would say, oh, I'll only do private play and I can you host. So for me, can you host and I'll only do private play probably indicates that that person is maybe in a relationship or mm-hmm. potentially, um, you know, in a dynamic of some some sort in their regular life and want to hide this from everybody else. Now, both Exacting One and I are lifestyle dominance. We are not, this is not something that we do, you know, only on the weekends. This is a part of our personality. This is a part of who we are as strong, powerful women. And, you know, I really want play partners or people that I interact with to be really honest and have a lot of integrity. So that was really, really disappointing. But yeah, so the dynamic um, that I'm in is a power exchange dynamic. And I quite like that. I quite like being the the boss of my house and the, you know, the person who controls 98% of everything that goes on in our home. It is well negotiated. It is consented to. It is something that is constantly renegotiated about. And I quite like having casual play with people in um, the public arena because my submissive is not a masochist and I can't inflict the type of heavy impact play with him or I can't participate in the, the kind of heavy impact play with him that I would really like to participate in. So, hence my advertisement. I hear you. Mm. But, you know, there are lots of different types of dynamics. And I think the one that I I like, well, the dynamics that I really like to watch the most are I particularly am completely fascinated with master-slave dynamics. I love to watch... Um, all of the positioning of the hand movements of the gestures of the you know hours and hours of training that have gone into that dynamic and how they can communicate with each other and look some dominant submissive relationships I like to um, I'm quite voyeuristic so I quite like to watch them however I have noticed that dominant submissive dynamics seem to have changed quite a lot over the last few years I would agree to that um, I think that with the older couples, we still see some of what we saw when we came into this as young people. Mm. But most of the, you know, the younger people today, they aren't following the old patterns. They're they're forging their own new patterns. Absolutely. Which is fine. Mm. But, you know, I think that just like our parents, you know, continue to love the Beach Boys on into their 50s because that's what they grew up with. Mm. We, we have a certain amount of nostalgia attached to what we saw when we first came into the lifestyle. Mm. Mm. Um, and, you know, for me, what I experienced as a slave when I first came into the lifestyle. Mm. And I do find it really beautiful. I'll tell you, there was this one femdom in um, Buffalo, New York, who had two male slaves that she actually never spoke to. And mm. they were always about a step behind her. She only ever communicated via hand signal. And they were like two amazing beautifully trained dogs in only the very best way because she would flick her hand and they would both drop to their knees in unison or she would you know flick her hand another way and they would immediately stand and one would go and get her a drink or whatever like she honestly never spoke to them that I saw Mm. 
and it was just stunning to watch. Mm. I would be completely fascinated. I would be that person perving on them in the corner going, I totally was. How does that work? I want to learn how to do that thing. And I, I actually, you know, spoke to my master about it and was like, <gasps> but it, that wasn't his thing. You know, mm, he, mm. he wanted, you know, a different set of behaviors from me. Yeah. But yeah, yeah it was really beautiful. Mm. And I often think of her when I am spending time thinking about the kind of dominant I, I want to be moving forward, mm. you know, because I, I spend a lot of time thinking about who I am as a dominant and training my submissive and how I want to continue, continue to train my submissive. There's some background noises here. We're, we apologize for those. Yes. Well, <laughs> um, I swear I turned the volume off. I don't know why that's still doing that. Oh, there's other background noises as well. I've been hearing some things out there and yeah, I, I have to admit, I do, I do a lot of reflection. I've recently purchased a, a series of books. I actually, for the life of me, can't remember what they are. However, they, I can't remember the name of them. I've, I've drawn a complete blank. It really talks about, I, th I think it's the history of the dominatrix. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but they really talk about, you know, how, how a woman owns her power in a dominant BDSM role. However, I am very interested also in really developing an FLR relationship. And I, I do believe that, that my submissive and I already have a, a female-led relationship. Mm-hmm. However, I'm really interested in really developing that further. So that's where I've been reading and researching a lot lately and got completely addicted to Christine's FLR podcast, which is quite hysterical, actually. I really, yeah, I'm, that's something that I've been really interested in. And I think that the reason why we're bringing this up is that, yes, we both consistently reflect and you know study or research different areas of, of being a dominant woman and likewise we have an expectation that our submissives would also invest in themselves enough to develop and to you know really start uh, developing their submission or developing their dedication to their dominant. Exactly. And, and I think that's where we both come from is, is that it's actually a rare thing these days for somebody to invest in themselves to complement their dominant. I, I agree with that. So my latest project is some classes that I'm going to be delivering. And as I have, you know, I had a very clear idea of what I was going to be teaching. Mm. But as I've gone down the rabbit hole of expounding upon that and and making sure that the way I know it is the correct way and, and mm. is is there more to this that I can add, not just what I know, but is there is there more? Mm. And it, I have really started to make notes to myself in here going, yes, my next submissive is going to be able to do this. Mm. This is going to be something I require. That is what I want. Um, so it's really, it's exciting to be growing mm. at this point in my life and, and going, yes, yes, I do want more. Mm. Mm. I think everybody wants more. And I think people stumble on how to get more, not realizing that they're actually the, the first step. They're actually the first step to getting more out of everything through some self-reflection and definitely through some self-improvement. And when we're talking about, you know, DS dynamics or dynamics that exist in the kink 
scene or the BDSM scene or whatever scene you want to call it, I think that, you know, there has been a lot of movement. There's definitely been a lot of fluidity around roles and responsibilities. But I think fundamentally it is the master slash dominant slash top slash play partner who is taking control of the situation for the time. I think it is their responsibility to ensure that their slave slash submissive slash play partner is is well cared for. I, I do see a lot of people who think that when the play is over, the physical play is over, that that's it. That's it for their responsibility. And I understand that there are some negotiations prior that that's exactly what they've negotiated in terms of aftercare. However, I do... I, do strongly believe that is well for me as a you know as an advocate for female-led relationships and a dominant woman I really do believe that it's my responsibility to ensure that my bottom or masochist is is well cared for not only during the scene but also after the scene and I would argue that not just for a couple of hours tonight but Mm. tomorrow and maybe the next day Mm. depending upon the dynamic and, and your relationship with the submissive. And, mm. and, and the level of play. And, and how, you know, how their head works, which mm. if your level of play is particularly high, I would hope you would know how their head works. But, mm. yeah, I, I, you know, because I see a lot of people who, you know, do the huggy-huggy and, you know, whatever until the a couple of hours pass or the night's over or whatever, and then they go their separate ways. And, you know, obviously we can't judge what we can't see, so... Um, maybe they're continuing to chat throughout the night into tomorrow and whatever, but the the scene isn't over when you put the tools away. Mm. The scene is over when you leave the submissive in at least as good condition as you found them. Absolutely, I do agree. I do agree, and I do I do know a, a dominant woman or a top woman. I think she identifies as a top. I'm not sure, and her negotiation is: I don't, I don't do aftercare. Mm. I, I will give you a quick hug afterwards, and a, and a lolly, and a glass of water, and that's it. If you need more, you need to find your own purse. And uh, you know, I, I was quite, I, I really struggled with that for a little while. I was really like, oh wow, that's quite brash. Like I wouldn't be able to do that. But, but I sort of get it because sometimes, you know, if you've had quite a mild play and someone needs nine hours of aftercare afterwards, it can be exhausting. And when does the dominance aftercare start? Well, I would say that I enjoy aftercare. Mm. So, you know, I'm happy to sit there. But there are also days when I am not interested in someone else's feelings right now mm. or the play affects me in a way I did not anticipate. Mm. So I can kind of see where she's coming from. I don't think that that would be the way I would probably do it, but Mm. I I think that I can see where where she would Mm. feel that way. I do play with a a bottom who doesn't like aftercare Mm -hmm. and would rather just be left alone. And that was really hard for me because I at least like a little, you know, chat and hug if to make sure that you know I haven't broken them completely but I've had to really take on board that you know I have to be respectful of that person's request for alone time so that they can process what has just happened to them and that's so that's how that that play ends every time is with um you know very little contact afterwards you know there's always a message the next day are you okay did I break you a lot like are you sitting? Is that okay? <laughs> but yeah, my different. favorite check-in is how's your bub? 
<laughs> That's <it. laughs> mine usually involve, involves but as well. So yeah, but there are there are lots of different dynamics in um, in the scene, and one of the ones that I really like to watch a lot is uh, with switchy people. And, you know, people who are bottoming one minute, topping the next minute, and then, like, in this bizarre play, you know, scenario the next where you can't tell who the top or who the bottom is. You know, it's quite a bit bratty, actually, but I, I really like that. So, yeah, there there is a lot of um, people who are really confident now to identify as switches, whereas when I first came into the scene, switch was a dirty word. Like, yeah. you know, if you spoke to a dominant and said, oh, I think I'm a switch, oh, there's no such thing. You're either a submissive or you're a dominant. Like, and I think you're a submissive. Everyone told me they thought I was a submissive except the first dominant I ever played with. Yeah, so I, I really quite like the fact that people now are very, very happy to identify as switches and uh, participate in a whole range of different play scenarios that, you know, identifying as either a top or a bottom or a, or a dominant or a submissive limit that play. Whereas um, identifying as a switch, I'll try, I'll try most things. You know, really opens up the ability to be able to experience a whole different range of plays. I agree with that. Yeah, but I I get a lot of emails from from dominant men and switch men. And, you know, I always have to say to them, listen, the fact that I'm willing to talk to you doesn't doesn't mean that I am at any point willing to switch in this. Mm, mm, I'm not. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to do I'm going to do me. You do you. That's yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. Look, I think in my dynamics, I'm, de- I'm very definitely um, a top or a dominant. But there are some place that I think, oh, I'd really, you know, I watch some vloggers and I think, oh, I'd really like to get vlogged right now. And but it would take a very, very special person to make me want to experience that a very special person indeed well i can remember the days when i was owned where i would come home from work and at one point i was i was a secretary to the the mayor of the town Mm. that i lived in and it was such a stressful job because Mm. the man was just a full-blown idiot oh that was such a stressful job Mm. i used to look forward to the really fuddy impact play I'd, I'd walk in the, the door after work and i'd be like please beat me please mm. <laughs> i want to cry and wash this day away mm. Mm. <laughs> but that he that he could be good absolutely absolutely and look i think i think also like i i love I love Thuddy. I love Stingy. Ooh, I'm not such a fan of Stingy. Well, I love giving Stingy. I don't like Yeah, I love giving it. Yeah. I love it. I love anything that hurts, really, as long as it doesn't involve, you know, blood yeah. or poo. Yeah. Or poo. Or vomit. Mm. Let's not go down that rabbit wall. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, if we get back into dynamics, I, th- I think, you know, one of the things that I noticed that is, is very lacking is the ability ability for you know those peer groups that used to be around for dominant women and dominant men you know they don't seem to be around as as much anymore they just seem to be a little bit lacking and you know there are some but you know they're charging for their mentorship and they're charging extremely large amounts of money i turn you into a dog and i was like oh my god like that's a ridiculous amount of money. Okay, but here's here's the funniest part about that, though. Mm. I saw that and I thought, oh, how interesting! I love to continue growing. I love to learn. I'm you know I'm a lifetime learner. You mm. know, I might do that. And then I saw the price tag on it and went, oh, sorry, what? Mm-hmm. What exactly? I I think I looked at the page for about ten minutes before it actually sunk in. 
how much it was. And then somebody said to me, oh, I saw you're going to that. And I said, well, no, I was considering going until, you know, I saw the price. And they said, well, you could probably teach that class. And I said, well, I don't know, maybe I could. And they go, well, you know, she's only been at Lifestyle for X number of years. And I said, oh, what? Mm. And she can charge that much money for a class. <laughs> they were like, well, I think there's only like two people going now. Oh, okay. Well, that makes a little more sense, actually. Yeah, but it's still a lot of money. Yeah. Each it's... of those persons paying a lot of money for mm, what I really think should be passed on in a you know, no, I mean, I'm I'm all for exchanges for for um, knowledge. You know, just like when you go to university, you pay fees to go to university to learn. You know, there should be an exchange of some description. However, the amount of money that was being charged for that particular mentorship was ridiculous. I do know a couple of groups, however, you know, they're very clicky groups, and yeah. if you're not a part of that. particular particular part of the of the lifestyle it's re it's really difficult to get in so you know that would be something I would be really interested in hearing about is what do people need do they need you know I know there's a subby munch and I know that it's very well frequented by by people and I know that that's got a very good mentorship happening but you know do people need mentor or peer groups where they can actually go and meet with other dominant people or dominant women or submissive men or submissive women um, to be able to really expand on their knowledge. So that's something that we would be interested to know. Well, I can definitely see a need for a dominant female munch mm. or, or something along those lines because there really aren't a huge number of mm. us that are doing this in a non-financial way. Absolutely. And and we did put a uh, – well, I put it – I didn't actually put it on the T for Two Dominas, um, but I did ask the question on one of the social media platforms that we're on, you know, if we were to host a T for Two Dominas munch, would there be an interest? And there was a resounding yes, we would be very interested in – in attending something like that. So, you know, stay tuned. That's definitely something that we are looking into. Well, and, you know, we can actually, well, let's get that one launched and then worry about it. But I think that we could, as an aside on that, do uh, something for femdoms. That would be kind of cool. Mm. Oh, this was for femdoms. Oh, just femdoms. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And submissive people to to attend, but to be... Yeah, but so that was the resounding... That was like, not like how I... Like all good submissive, seen and not heard? Oh, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, it? That wasn't the way I asked the question. Uh -huh. um, it was, if T for Two Dominoes were to host a munch, you know, would that be something you're interested in? Or are you all munched out? Because we know there's a lot of munches. There are. Yeah. However, the resounding um, response was absolutely yes. Would this be somewhere where the men could come and serve the dominant women? And I was like, oh, I like where this is going. This sounds great. <laughs> and we've even had an offer for a venue to, to host it at. So this nice. is something that we're going to work on in the future. And watch this space. Oh, yeah, watch this space. And I think that's about it for us for today. Uh, it is. We're going to have to wrap it up and, and tell all you lo lovely people goodbye but we will be back soon we will and in the meantime happy dynamicking woohoo is that a word it is now it is <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much see you next time at tea for two dominoes bye record
Thank you for listening. We are Tea for Two Dominance. Miss Sugar Spice and Exacting One on FetLife. Tea for Two Dominance also has its own profile on FetLife. We're on Instagram as Tea for Two Dominance. Please like, share and comment if you're enjoying this podcast. The only way it will get well known is if you tell people about it. Send us an email. The link's in, in the description below. And we'd like to thank our constant supporters, the club, JS Alternative Photography and Classic Ties for making this podcast possible.